Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Amen. Isaiah 35 and 8. Amen. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men. Though fools shall not err therein. Amen. So there's going to be a way, and that way is called what? Holiness. Amen. Hebrews 12 and 14, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. And we're, we're keying off of those two scriptures, and it, and it sets the tone for every night for, that we gather, them, for the whole series that we're in. For as long as this goes on, it's two things. One, that there is a way that we need to walk in. And that if God says, you got to have this to see me, I want to know what that is. I want to have it. And if there's a path to walk in, I want to see it. And I want to walk in it. Amen. And uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to get to heaven. Amen. Uh, and, and say, well, I didn't know the way. Or pastor didn't preach, teach the way. Or Now, I want to know it. Amen. I'd, I'd rather get to heaven with a wheelbarrow too much than a teaspoon too little. Amen. I want to know the way. I want to walk in that way of holiness. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful body of believers, for this incredible church family. Lord, I pray that you would anoint us tonight in your word. Open our understanding. Lord, help us to not just be hearers of the word, but doers also. Lord, I pray. Lord, that this would not just be a, a, an effort of, of just school or just teaching, Lord, but an effort of revelation would flow in this house, oh God. Revelation that can only come from you. And I pray that you would move in our midst. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, there is a way of holiness. Amen. Praise God. We... um read through quite a few scriptures and last week and kind of did probably spent 70 percent of our time recapping and so I don't I don't want to go through that uh, recapping everything uh, but understanding that that the name Christian we only have the right to that name if we also also follow after in the way of holiness amen because we can't be Christian without being holy and we can't be holy without being a Christian amen and so we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and because we follow him we want to be like him as he is and he says be holy even for I the Lord your God am holy amen Uh, holiness is the most natural way of life for the born-again child of God amen God calls us unto holiness he doesn't just put holiness in us and say, well, I hope that works for you. But he calls us to it and commands us to walk in it. Amen. Uh, Second Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, 
I want to, I want to, I said this last week and I want to say it again this week. Um, the new man in Christ, once you're born again, you don't find the life of holiness burdensome or restrictive. You look at it and say, oh, this is what he wants. This is what I want. Amen. We have, we have too much, um, what you call, uh, easy, easy believism in America today when it comes to Christianity. Uh, that, that this is the big thing that we fight against in the last uh, few decades is that this understanding that that is being propagated in pulpits everywhere saying that, you know, God could care less about your character. He don't care anything about what you say, what you do, how you act, how you dress. He could care less about any of that stuff just as long as you come to church, as long as you give your money, as, you know, but the Bible says there is a way of holiness that he calls us to walk in. Amen. And, and so uh, the desires for the pleasure of sin gets replaced with the desire of serving God in our life. If we are truly born again of the spirit and we're following after Christ. Now, this doesn't mean that every desire you've ever had for sin will be taken away from you. That's not it at all. But the more you follow after Christ the more those desires begin to exchange for those things of God. Amen. It's amazing. Um, if you pray every day, let's just throw out a number. Let's just say you pray 20 minutes every day. You can do it all at once or two 10-minute segments. If you pray every day for 30 days and read your Bible, it is amazing how much like Jesus you'll start becoming without even intending it. But it is amazing if you go two days without prayer, how much like hell you start acting like without intending. Amen. And, and it's, it really is. It, it's, 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 I don't mean fascinating in a good way. I mean fascinating as in watching a train wreck in slow motion. Uh, it, it's, it doesn't take long getting out of the cycle of prayer and being in the word of God uh, before and, and in the fellowship of believers and under the, uh, under the accountability of God's word, it doesn't take long at all for your flesh to start doing what flesh does. And that's, and that's acting damnable. Acting contrary to the word of God. It don't take long. Matter of fact, be honest, sometimes you can get out of praying two hours later ready to choke somebody. Because that flesh is strong. That flesh is strong. But the Bible says give no place to the flesh we we got to crucify our flesh daily the, the 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 joy of a christian is to live a life of holiness unto the lord i don't expect the world to understand why we live this way you know elder henderson I, i've long since given up hoping that the world would accept the way we follow christ they'll never accept it and so over the last several decades you know, the church world has moved the line closer and closer to the world, thinking that the world at some point would say, oh, oh yeah, that's a Jesus I'll accept. And, and, and so they stopped preaching doctrine in denominations, and their, their churches swelled. And then they shrank, and they said, oh, we've got to do something else. Um, uh, let's, um, let's, I'll tell you what. Let's give them music they're used to in the club and at the honky-tonk. Let's make them feel at home in the church like they are 
at the dance hall. Let's make them feel. And so we blended the gospel with that and put it in the church. And the people got attracted to it. I remember when, uh, I'm not preaching against DC Talk. I grew up on, I like DC Talk. But I remember when my brother called me. uh, No, he didn't call me when I got home from school. Uh, He got home from work not long after. And he pulled up in his truck and he had his windows rolled down. And it was blasting. Of course, he had two 15-inch kicker subwoofers in the back. And he was blasting um, DC Talk song, Jesus Freak. And I walked out thinking, man, my brother's listening to, you know, Christian DC Talk. You know? And I walk out like, he goes, have you ever heard of this song? I said, yeah, it's a Christian song. He goes, no way, it's on 98.1. When 98.1 was a rock station out of Shreveport. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, it's the number one requested song today. Now, I teach his own. But the church has blended that and said, well, and, and then every time we move the line, these churches in North America, they, they swell. They say, whoo, man, they're having a revival. No, you got an infection. And then they shrink because all of a sudden the church goes, nah, we, we, we can't go that far, you know, because they come in, everybody's like, ooh. You know, the, these churches, megachurches, have the highest turnover ratio. That, I, I want to say like, um, was it 70 to 80%? Within a within an eighteen month span, will totally replace itself every eighteen months. It means eighty percent of the congregation will completely rotate out because you can't keep them. You, I mean, you can't feed people a steady diet of cotton candy for you know eighteen months and expect them to grow. After a while, then they go, oh, I tell you what, you know this Bible stuff. You know, let's throw a little bit of humanism in there. And, whoa, people come back to that. And then they drift off and say, man, what are we going to do? <laughs> I'll tell you what, let's, let's bring some Hollywood entertainment into it. Man, they bring people back. They think, oh, man, this is great. Look, we're growing. You know, they got to pay for that 10,000-seat auditorium. And that don't work. So they got to believe in humanism, Hollywood, secularism. And, then, and they, don't even, they don't even resemble what they were 30 years ago. And then people say, oh, that's, that's too, oh, they're still talking about the cross. They're still, oh, man, what are we going to do? i tell you what we'll do. Um, and these overweight 40-something pastors start wearing skinny britches. And look like absolute morons. Wearing leather skinny pants. They can, I, I guarantee you, they don't even put, put them on. They go back there, they're backstage, somebody with a paintbrush just painting them on. And they waddle out there with a belt. They took the pulpit off the platform and sat on a bar stool and used words like relevant. And let me unpack that. Let me unpack it. I want to unpack it. Well, my God, how much suitcase, how much luggage you got? Unpack something. I mean, I want to unpack the relevance. The relevance of unpacking. And then people are, oh man, that's so cool. That's just awesome. And then they put, uh, 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 the big thing about 10 years ago was to put wooden pallets all over the place. I'd see a 18-wheeler flatbed truck with a load of pallets going down the road. And I joked to my wife, oh, there goes a new emergent church platform going right there. So 
had stacked wooden pallets up. I'm not against them. It's just, it was so trendy. Everybody, just go oh, get the wooden pallets. And then the smoke machines, and then the lights, and then the, and everything. And then uh, that wasn't working. And they said, well, you know what? We got to be relevant, so let's start talking like them. And there's nothing worse than a, you know, slightly overweight, middle-aged guy trying to talk like a 17-year-old in the streets. And he's up there in his skinny pants. He can't hardly breathe. I guarantee you has no feeling in his feet. And he's waddling around talking about unpacking stuff, yo. And it's foolish. And then that don't work. Then that don't work. So they, so they have to start slipping in cuss words in there from the pulpit. That's what they're on right now. First, that pastor will act like he didn't mean to say it. He'll say the word. Well, you say worse at home, and I'm going to say it again. And it's vile. And people get up and start cheering that. Cheering people cussing in the church. Finally, they get the filth they've been watching at home. They finally got it in the pulpit, and they're accepting it. But that's not God's church. Because God's church is a holy church. And that, that ain't far enough. So what they started doing, they started saying, well, how can we be more relevant? I'll tell you what, let's, let's what these, let the drag queens in to speak on our platforms. And so they let these pedophiles on their platform. That's what they are. Somebody said, why are you so upset with, with drag queens wanting to read a book to your child? That's not the question. The question is, why is the drag queen obsessed with sitting in front of my child to read a book? The pervert can't do it at home around his own friends? Not God's church. God's church is a holy church. Amen. And so they keep pushing, thinking that the, what they don't realize is the world will never accept Jesus Christ until they make him Lord of their life. Because Jesus doesn't want to be just our friend or our buddy or our homie or our chill partner. He wants to be the Lord and Savior of our life. And holiness is the way he wants to walk with us in. Amen. We talked about last week that holiness was having the right attitude in the spirit. We went through that. Um, and, and, and how that, that holiness was, was a mindset that you, you have to have it in your mind and, and in your heart. And that the right spirit and proper attitude of the Christian causes us to be directed by godly principles. And these principles then guide us into a life of holiness. Amen. He doesn't judge others through his holiness by harsh condemnation, but rather encourages the weak brother. To rise up above that and walk in a victorious life of holiness. Because holiness is possible if the believer keeps his attitude right and will maintain a right spirit. Now, I can't remember if I said this here last week or if I said it on our Vacaville campus. And maybe I've said it at both. Um, we've got to quit viewing holiness as being merely tr- transactional. Like, I'm going to do this so the Lord will do that. Because that's, that's not how any of this works. 
It's holiness unto the Lord, whether God does anything or not. Whether God does anything or not. It's not, well, I'm going to live this way because I want God to bless me. That, that's not it. Romans uh, uh, 12 says, it is our reasonable service. That's a bare minimum is to live a life of holiness. Amen. And so uh, a, a true believer, a true Christian, a true follower of Christ looks at the life of holiness and says, this is not what I do. This is who I am. So I'm not going to be holy on Sunday and unholy on Monday. Amen. I'm going to have a life of holiness at work, at school, at home. I'm going to live in this understanding that I need to be like Jesus. The one who has called me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The one that has not only called me, but has empowered me through his Holy Spirit to have what? The spirit of holiness. So I'm going to walk in that way. Holiness is not, I'm going to tell you something, holiness is not the rules of a church. Holiness is from the Lord. Amen. We don't have holiness. We, we don't have holiness. We can't even give holiness. It's his holiness. We can't give righteousness. It's his righteousness. Amen? We live in obedience and become holy as he is already holy. Amen. Holiness is from the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 15 through 16. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 15 through 16. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end... For the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, be as an obedient children, as obedient children, fashioning not yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, what? Be ye holy, for I am holy. Holy. Let me read this in the New Living Translation. It says, so prepare your minds for actions and exercise self-control. My God, we need self-control. We need self-control. And I don't mean just as a nation, which we need self-control. What our problem, we've got to have everything now. Man, people don't save for anything anymore. They, they got to have it, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. They'll go in debt. They'll have 25 credit cards at 30% interest. To try to keep up with the Joneses. Amen. The Bible says that the debtor is a slave to the borrower. There ain't nobody a slave. You're in a lot of debt, you're a slave. And that's from the word of God. Well, I like my car. Your car, huh? Miss three payments. Tell me whose car that is. Amen. We as the people of God, we need to be responsible in our finances. The word of God says we got to be good stewards because after all... That money is not really mine. It's his. Amen. I don't, I don't, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I want to give, I want to give so much, but I am so strapped in debt. And it's not a house and a car. It's strapped in debt with 
laptops and tablets and cell phones and cell phone plans and strapped in debt with 10 trips to Starbucks during the week and strapped in debt with a Macy's card and, and an Amazon card and paying the minimal and only get a $200 cushion a month in there living at 80 per, max, about 80% of your credit is full. And, and you, you, I'm going to tell you what, that offends God. Well, I better get off of this. I can tell right now. We, we, need, we need to... We, my old pastor used to say, let me see your bank account and I'll tell you who's God in your life. Right? And so putting the Lord first and, 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 and walking, he gave you that blessing. You say, well, God, if you'll just give me more money, I'll be out of debt. No, you won't. You'll be in more debt. You, if you're faithful over a few, it makes you ruler over many. Right? And so if, if you can manage... If you can't manage 45000 a year, he ain't, he ain't even about to give you 80000 a year. Did you just mismanage, mismanage that? Hey, man, what's that big? He said, more money, more problems. That's the truth. You get more money, it's going to have more problems. Till, until you learn, till you learn how to handle this in the small things, Right? Amen. Learn how, to be, learn how to pay off a $300 credit card and keep that thing paid off. Keep it under the 30% limit. Do that for a while. Learn to keep that credit card or, or, or that bank account out of the red for a few months before you start getting mad at God for not giving you raise. He's just looking at it and saying, I'm really saving you from a lot of trouble. Amen. So, everybody say self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Do not slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. So he is likening the time that we were without Christ, that we were just ignorant children. We were unaware, completely unaware. But now that we've been brought into light, now that we've been brought into salvation, he's saying you need to exercise some self-control. Amen. We could all use a little bit more self-control in some area or aspect of our life. That's why fasting is good. Go on fast every once in a while. If you can't do with, without the food for whatever reason, then fast. I'll tell you, here's one. Fast all sugar. Just, just no sugar for 72 hours. No bread for 72 hours. No sweets, 72 hours. Yeah, you'll find out about self-control. Amen. You know the word disciple? Disciple? Is a derivative of the word discipline. Amen. This is where a lot of people lose it. They, well, well, I can serve God. I don't need any discipline in my life. I do it. No, you're a disciple. It's, it's about self-control. One of the attributes of God is that of holiness. Holiness is the very nature and the very essence of his being. First John uh, 1 and 5 says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In him, there's not even a shadow of darkness. He is perfect in righteousness. He is perfect in moral purity. In him, amen, uh, uh, God cannot tolerate sin because no sin is in him. He cannot tolerate sin. Only God is truly holy. He is the only source of absolute perfection and true holiness. 
And since there's only one God, there can only be one sacred source of holiness, and that comes from the Lord. Amen. Because of God's righteousness, there is a separation between God and sinful man. This has been since the Adamic fall in the garden. Amen. For this reason, fellowship was broken in the garden. And because God will not fellowship sin, amen, it took Christ coming to redeem us from our sins, to reconcile us back to God. But I want to tell you something. Uh, Sin will still break fellowship with God today. It's not because... It's not because God is omnipotent and man is impotent that fellowship is hindered. It's because God is holy and man is sinful that there cannot be fellowship between God and an unregenerated person. Because God is holy. In order to become holy, we must go to the source of holiness. We can live a holy life only with the presence of God in our life. In other words, we need the Holy Spirit to have a spirit of holiness. Endeavoring to be holy through your own strength will lead you to an experience of frustration, defeat, and condemnation. If you try to do it of your own efforts and your own accord, you're only going to frustrate yourself. You need the help of God because it is God who sanctifies and it is God that creates a life of holiness in a believer that will follow after him. Amen? Apart from God, there's only defeat and failure. When God spoke to Moses, it took the presence of God in the burning bush to make the sands of that wilderness to be what God said is holy ground. God made it holy ground. Nothing else made it holy ground but God. And only the presence of God can change a sinner into a saint. And trying to be holy without the active presence of God in your life is an impossible and frustrating task. But if you will entertain the presence of the Lord, if you will be filled with the Holy Spirit, amen, the presence of God in your life can do for you what the presence of God did for a burning bush. It can make you holy as he is holy. Under the law of Moses, only mankind uh, could become righteous by doing righteously. Under the era of grace that we live in, one can do righteously because he has been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. In the Old Testament, righteousness was imputed for obedience. In the New Testament, righteousness is both imputed and directly imparted to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is man's responsibility. We have to bring ourselves under the sanctifying influence of the Holy Ghost. Listen to the Holy Ghost. Trust the Holy Ghost. And obey the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost puts a check in your spirit about something, listen to it. Don't step back and debate it and go, well, I don't know if this, I mean, could it be considered sin? I don't know. Well, maybe if I tilt my head sideways and squint just a little bit. It's not sin if I do that. And the Holy Ghost in you is saying, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because if you pursue it and you do that, God's going to have to part company. Amen. God won't dwell in in an unclean place. 
He won't dwell in a sinful place. Amen? So somebody say, listen to the Holy Ghost. Say, obey the Holy Ghost. I want you to listen, listen to this analogy. When a man is cold, when you are cold, we can bring ourselves to the fire and be warmed. One who is unholy can come to Jesus and be made holy just as someone who is cold can be brought to the fire and be warm. You cannot be warm away from the fire only as you get close to it. You cannot be holy when you are far away from Jesus, when you don't have a relationship with him, when you don't have a prayer life, when you don't read your Bible, when you're not faithful to the, uh, to the things of God. You can only be holy as you bring yourself closer and closer and closer to Jesus and you bring yourself through faith and obedience under the sanctifying power of the Holy Ghost in your life and it will enable you and activate within you the ability to have a victorious and a life of a holiness that you can walk in as you get close to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Get a prayer life. Get in the word of God. Get some convictions for don't quit, quit, quit talking your way out of things or talking your way into, we talk our way into disobedience all the time. Well, I'm sure God won't, if nobody finds out, well, if they don't see it, if they, if they don't hear it, then it didn't happen. I mean, really, come on. It's the old Greek philosophy, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's there to hear it, did it really happen? Yes, it really happened. I mean, really, is that a debate? Yes, it really happened. If you sinned and nobody saw it, was it really a sin? Yes. Amen. Amen. So, so holiness, everybody say holiness, holiness is from the heart. Some believe that holiness is an abstract, mystical, angelic piousness that has no real application in everyday living. But I'm going to tell you, that's not the case at all. Holiness is nothing more or less than living a righteous, pure life as led by God's word. Amen. Holiness affects every aspect of a person's life. It affects our attitudes. It affects our moods. It affects our emotions. Holiness controls all of that. The manner of a person's conduct, speech, dress, and even recreation is all a direct result of the condition of their heart and their mind. Bible said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the Holy One. Amen. We need him to lead us in holiness. The heart is the seat of one's emotions. And the Christian's entire life is an expression of what dwells in our heart. Did you catch that? Our entire life as a Christian is an expression of what is really in our heart. Matthew 12 and 34 says, for out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaketh. This is true of a person's speech as well as their manner, entire manner of conduct. What is in one's heart is going to be expressed by the way they talk, by the way they act, by the places they go, by the way they dress, and by the way the people they hang out with. Amen. What is in the heart cannot be kept hidden. If God's presence is there, it's going to be revealed and will, will 
bring forth a testimony of salvation in the life of one who is truly following after Jesus. Others will know it. Others will know it. It exudes out of a person when they walk in holiness. Amen? Amen. Christianity is an outward expression of what's in the heart. If a believer's love is fixed on Jesus, they're going to delight in a life of true holiness and living for the Lord. The ardent desire of the heart of a believer is going to beat with the pulsating sound of, I want to be like Jesus. 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 Not how much of the world can I have and still have God, but I want to be like Jesus. Take this whole world but give me Jesus. Amen. When you truly love him that, and, and you, are, you have the Holy Spirit working in your life, amen, it's going to be a passion of yours to be like Jesus. You won't care what other people think about you. You won't care what other people say about you. You won't care if they make fun of you, that you don't go places they want you to go, do things they want you to do, act like they want you to act, talk like they want you to talk, look like they want you to look. You will step away from that and say, no, no, see, I don't belong to sin. I don't belong to this world and I don't belong to this realm, but, but I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and I am going to serve him and by serving him it means I'm going to be like him and being like him means I'm going to be holy because his spirit has empowered me to walk in the way of holiness. Let me say this, to those that, that truly walk in the spirit of holiness, having the Holy Spirit, a life of holiness will never be burdensome. Never be burdensome. I really, feel, I really feel pity for people that think, oh, we have to be holy. And they sit back and go, what you are saying is, I really want to go to hell. I remember I was preaching a revival one time <coughs> in a church, and I'm not going to say where it was. I was a single evangelist. It was somewhere in the lower 48. And I had preached this youth revival. And I'd watch this young lady come in. And she'd come in and sit on the back. And man, she dressed like she was trying to go down a runway, try to make the cover of Vogue magazine. She wasn't there to do anything else but try to catch the eyes of one of the boys. I mean, it was obvious. You didn't need to be a prophet to know it. I mean, just it was obvious. She looked like a hussy when she walked in strutting and swishing her hips trying to catch every male's eye when she walked in and man every night they'd walk back there and they'd you know the youth pastor's wife and different ones they'd go back there and try to pray for her and she would just you know be like this and then, then you know like she was miserable and afterwards she'd have a great oh i watch this go on for a couple of weeks and uh finally one i think it was one of the last nights of the revival she came down and she oh she man she started praying and man everybody got around her and i'm i'm, I'm it's like you know hey great awesome it's like the whole church had to shut down and give her attention. It's exactly what she wanted. It was exactly what she wanted. And they all got around her and everybody's over. <laughs> and they're just snotting and crying all over themselves. And she's crying. And I'm sitting back there going, this ain't real. She's crying because they're crying. It was a game. And, and I know some of y'all think, oh, that's so harsh. You shouldn't think like that. Hey. I've been around the barn a time or two. 
I, I can tell a burnt banny rooster from a hen. And it's, go ask somebody who grew up in the country. They'll tell you what I'm talking about. And she's down there just, you know, she's, she wasn't even praying. She's just crying. And, and I mean, you know, uh, mascara was puddling up and just dripping off. And she's just crying. And she wasn't even praying. She's just crying. And I watched this going for about 10 minutes. I'm thinking, say Jesus. You know, I'm sitting over there going, say, say, I'm sorry, Lord. Say, say. They already told me, you know, she's been, she's been in church, raised in church in the last six months. You know, she wanted to be on the cheerleading squad, so she backslid and all this stuff. And she was dating the football captain and had all this life plan. And she comes around every once in a while. It's like every time she comes around, she pulls another young lady out. And I'm thinking, well, what are we doing here? Right? You just take a rattlesnake and let it go in the kids' playroom. And so I'm a little, I'm just sitting over here watching this. And she's, and I'm saying, say, I love you, Lord. I'm standing over here watching this, and I'm praying for her to pray, and she's not even praying. She's just crying. It was just like a soap opera to her. And then they got done. It's like all the attention was on her. It was so, ah. We had new people there seeking the Holy Ghost. We had young people really trying to dedicate to us. Like, all the attention was right here. All the girls were around her. <laughs> so a few of the guys were over there going, man, I hope she don't pray too because she's loose. I'm just being real with you. There's, oh, man, I hope she don't pray through. I, I, I want to make out with her tonight. It's exactly what they were thinking. And she gets done. And I'm telling you, the whole service was right on. Little Miss Thing over here. And so I had prayed, and then the musicians had gotten done. We're talking about a good hour after I done pre- got done preaching. And uh, I went, man, I went and I changed shirts because I knew we were going to go out to eat. You know, that's what Pentecostals do. You know, it's right there in the Bible somewhere. Eat after church. <clears throat> and I went and changed, and this before laptops and stuff, and I had a little leather attache case that Brother Hurst gave me. I carried my change clothes and Bible and all that. I'm walking. I'm walking in. I'm, I'm standing over there. She's over here. I'm standing over there. And there's still a ton of people standing around. And she's <laughs> just feeling sorry. For, I'm t- I, don't, I cannot stand drama. I'm just going to tell you right now. And to this day, I don't know if I was anointed or ticked off. It was probably a little bit of both. But I set my briefcase and I'm watching this. And probably another 10, 15 minutes. They're all just sitting around her. And she, she starts going, <laughs> Like, I really want to serve God, but like, like, I got all these friends, like, like, and I got all these commitments, like, I'm, no, 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 not like I'm going to be the captain of, like, the, the cheer squad, like, like, I'm going to be on the basketball team, and I know, like, if I, if I like, like, come to church, and if I like, like, commit to get, like, I want, I have to get over that, like, and I don't know if, like, 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 like just shut up. You got to say like every other word. Like, 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 like. You remember when like was a popular word to say for girls? Like, 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 I don't know how you're translating that, Brother Roberto, but. Like, 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 like. Every other word. Like, 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 like. And this went on long enough. I was hungry and I knew Shoney's was about to close. And I love me some Shoney's. And I dropped that, I dropped that briefcase. I'm telling the youth pastor's wife was over there. They're all over there just, oh, just listen to her. And like, I want to serve God, but like, I have this boyfriend. And like, like, like. And I just walked over and I said, excuse me, can I say something? 
Oh, I wish we'd had cameras, cell phone cameras. I said, can I, can I say something? And they, they looked at me and they went, well, yes. Speak, man of God. Part unto us the wisdom of the ages that thou hast heard from on high. Everybody just steps back. They're wait, you, you can feel the You could have cut the anticipation with a knife. There's, speak, speak, speak. And she's going. And I said, You are a crybaby. And I said, and you are enablers to this crybaby. I said, it's not that hard to live for God. If you want to live for God, ready? My three favorite words. Suck it up. And she's going, oh, oh, oh. I mean, nobody talked to this little brat like that. I said, suck it up. If you still consider the life you're in as what you're giving up to serve the Lord, you're not ready to serve the Lord. And I said some other things, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to repeat all of them. I said, if you're, if you're still to this point of not dating a boy that's not in the church, you've been ready, you know not to date a guy, and you're still struggling with whether that's right or not, you ain't even ready. Quit wasting everybody's time. And I turned and I looked at the pastor and the assistant pastor and the youth pastor. And I said, I'm hungry. Let's go eat. And I picked up my satchel. And man, they scattered like cockroaches when the light came on. Folks, it ain't that hard to live for God. If you love him. If you love him, holiness is not hard. If you love him, not being worldly is not difficult. You just look at the world and go, don't want that. You look at sin and say, oh, not doing that. But if you love the world and you're still not really in love with God, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. His heart's going to be divided. You'll be unstable in all your ways. He said, you'll either love one or hate the other. Get too many people like that. You, you cannot live for God like that. You have to look at... Now, is it always easy to look at sin and go, nope, don't want to do that? No, because some of it's appealing. But because you love Him. You look at sin and you look at ungodliness and worldliness and you say, I don't want to be like that. Because He doesn't want me to be like that. I'm not going to do that because he doesn't want me to do that. I, I'm not going to say that and talk like that because he doesn't want me to say and talk like that. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. I'm not wearing that. I'm not entertained by that because he doesn't want me. And I love him more than I love you. Amen. I know this isn't deep. I know. I know this is like so simple. But if you don't catch this. Living for God is going to be a disaster. The old saying, they used to say, living for God easy is hard. But living for God hard is easy. 
when you're still trying to hold on to the world here and hold on to God there, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. You, listen to me. We cannot have holiness and worldliness. I talked a little bit about that last week. We cannot hold on to holiness and worldliness. Holiness meaning being trying to be holy as God is holy, but still trying to be like the world as, as, is, as it is sinful. We got to make up in our mind, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Matter of fact, Jesus would say it like this. Jesus would say, we don't, we, we, we don't really, we're not too comfortable with what Jesus said, but okay, some of the things makes me uncomfortable too. Jesus said, I would rather you be hot or I'd rather you be cold. See, see, <laughs> see we, don't, we, don't, we don't say that kind of stuff. Anymore. I, I remember my pastor getting up going either get in or get out. Jesus said, either get into church or get out of the church. Either get on fire or be ice cold. Quit trying to be a little bit of both. Because he did say something about being just tepid or lukewarm. He said he would puke you out of his mouth. That means to God, it, it, listen, it almost seems as if God is saying, I have more respect for somebody that will just be worldly and not trying to act like there's something on the weekends that they're not during the week. Talk one way around church people, but talk another way around their friends or their co-workers. Act one way on Sunday, but another way on, on, on Thursday. He said, I, I'd rather you just go one direction or the other. Because if you play both of them, God, Jesus said, you, it, it makes me vomit. Amen. I, now, I know this isn't going to make the headlines of any book in any Christian bookstore. Maybe I'll write a book one day that says, you make me puke. <laughs> Amen. Love God. You make me puke. Love God. You're the scum beneath my toes. <laughs> Love Alpha Alpha. Amen. <laughs> that's what God, that's what Jesus said. He said, I'd rather be hot or cold, but if you're in the middle, I'm going to spew you out. Now, I'm saying this, I'm closing, Brother Lucas, if you'll come. What, what, what God is saying is this. Holiness is a choice. You have, listen, you have every right to be unholy. And what I mean by right is not right as in right from God. Meaning as a free moral agent, God's not going to hold a gun to your head and say, you better be holy or I'm going to pull the trigger. He's going, he's going to let us do what we want to do. And then on judgment day, he'll deal with it. But those who have found the way of holiness, the Bible says, broad is the road that leads to destruction. And, and broad, the broad road, the broad way, the broad path, that's where everybody else, matter of fact, the path so broad that the Bible said hell is enlarging herself to make room for those that are heading down the broad path and the broad way. 
He said, but there's another way that leads to everlasting life. And it's narrow. And few there be that. It doesn't mean that only a few people are going to be saved. What, what that means is, it's the scripture that says, for many are called, but few are chosen. It doesn't mean that God only chooses a few. It means only few choose God. In comparison to how many is on the broad path to those who are on the narrow way of holiness, it's drastic. So we can't look around and say, well, if this is really true, if holiness is really what God wants, then how come all the other Christians aren't doing it? Could be because all those other Christians pulled a whole lot of stuff out of the Bible to make a God that would fit their carnality rather than crucify their carnality to a holy God. I had somebody tell me one time, said to me, Brother Garza, talking about our holiness. And uh, it's funny how they always want to go to the standards when they talk about holiness. I don't, I don't mind. Every, every standard we have is in the Bible. Pressed down, shaken together, full and running. It's in the, we don't teach anything that's not in the Bible. It is in the book. And if not by letter, then directly by spirit. Meaning, there is not a scripture that says, thou shalt not watch pornography. All right? Thou shalt not look at dirty images on the internet. That's not in there. But lust and fornication and adultery is in the book. So we take the precedent and say, don't do that stuff. Amen. You with me? So any standard of holiness we hold, it's not a standard as a church that we hold. We hold it as the word of God. Well, if it's true, then why isn't ever? Then why isn't? I don't know. Go ask them. I can't answer for every denomination that doesn't believe the whole counsel of God. All I can do is stand for what God's called us to, and that's holiness. And it doesn't matter if the world like. It doesn't matter if the Christian world accepts it. But I had somebody tell me when, when it came to our standards, I said, oh, I, you know, I see the way your wife looks and, and uh, how she dresses and it's like perturbing them. This guy was a, you know, big time hipster Christian. He said, man, don't you know, God don't care about any of that. I said, really? He said, yeah. The Bible says God only looks at the heart. I said, really? Where'd you get that from? Oh, it's in 1 Samuel. I said, okay, let's go look at it. Oh, that's when he was anointing a king. Because the prophet had been looking at men to see how strong they were. And then he found a runt in the desert and said, see, you've been measuring by the outside, but I am looking, does he have a heart of a servant and of a worshiper? Totally blew that out of context. But you can't be holy. I can't. Where did you find that? It says my righteousness is a filthy right. I said, there's a difference between righteousness and holiness. You're telling me I can't be holy? You, you're telling me that all that God has worked throughout the thousands of years of human history through the Bible 
through Calvary, all of that was a mistake because we can't be holy. Or how about all the scriptures where God is not asking but commanding, be holy like I'm holy. Can I ever be as holy as God? No, but I can be holy under His umbrella of holiness. Amen. It means I got to have the right speech, the right mind, the right heart. Think on those things that are of God. And let holiness be from within. To have the spirit of holiness and to have the heart of holiness. Amen. Next week, by the, by the grace of God, or next week is breakout session. After that, we're, we're going to pick up from the point where holiness is a glory to God. All right, holiness is a glory to God. Would you stand with me? God is calling us, calling us, calling us. Peter would say it like this. He would say, for you are a chosen generation. You are a peculiar people. The word peculiar there, it just means set aside. You're different from the rest. That means weirdo. It just means different from the rest. It's peculiar. You're a chosen generation, a peculiar people, a royal priesthood and holy nation. That should show forth the praises of him who had brought us what? out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We're people of the light. We're a holy nation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a peculiar, we're set as an ecclesia, I mean, the word church, ecclesia, the called out ones, the, the, the separated ones. God's called us out. Not be like the world. I'm not, hey, if the world's you you got to get over this. Young people, middle-aged people, older people, you got to get... Matter of fact, the older you get, the easier this is, right? Especially across 40, you, you're like, what's cool? Yeah, I don't care. Cool for me is, is six hours sleep without waking up, okay? I see, I see, I see some older people going, huh? Because we'd rather have that than 500 likes on Instagram. Six hours sleep without waking up? Oh, my Lord. When you're young, it's all about cool. They're going to like this. They're going to like this. And I'm looking for shoes. I don't care if you like them. I want to feel comfortable in them. I go to the old man's shoe store sometimes and put them on and go, ah, they're so comfortable. I ain't there yet. Give me some orthopedics, amen. I remember Grandpa Price got his uh, several years ago for the stroke and where he couldn't walk very good. And uh, he took me down to get his uh, orthopedic dress shoes, had two big old straps on them. He was like, oh, these are the most comfortable. He said uh, to the shoe sales, get him a pair of, th- what was that? Get a pair of 13. Let him bring them. And he brought them out and set them down. I went, uh-uh. I ain't there yet. He said, they're comfortable. I said, I know they're comfortable. And I know when I put them on, I ain't going to want to take them off. I don't want to walk around looking like I'm wearing, you know, rubber Tupperware boxes or something. 
Velcro straps. Amen. But I want to be holy as he's holy. As he has called me to be holy as he is holy. Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Aren't you glad he didn't say that and just rip away any opportunity you had of being holy? He said that knowing full well that he was able, beyond able, to make you holy as he is holy. Would you just slip your hands to the Lord right now? This is, this is our prayer and our commitment. He's calling us to that separation from the world. Holiness is drawing us like a magnet. Holiness is drawing us to separate ourselves from the world and the cares of this life and the, the approval of this world and the gratification of sin and the same. You are my people, my chosen generation, my, my royal priesthood. You are my example. You, He says, you are the apple of my eye, the object of my affection that I would put my holiness in you through the Holy Spirit, that I would put it in you so that you could be like me. I became like you and wrapped myself in flesh so that you could become like me. Come on, that's it. I feel it right now. Just step down that way of holiness and say, Lord, I'm going to walk this path. No matter how difficult it may come, no matter who may not understand it or who may reject it, if my friends don't if my co-workers don't understand me, if the students in my school or my family don't get it, I'm still going to walk the way of holiness that you called me to walk in. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.